podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Face Off, I'm your host Guy Drinkle and I know I've been doing both post-matches this week but I can, I've apologised for that already but you can't get enough of me can you, I mean I'm only hosting. <laughs> um, but joining me today we've got Liverpool fan Tadiwa who was kind of the co-host for this for a little bit under uh, old management, how are you doing Tabs? Yeah, not too bad in yourself Guy. Hi, I'm good man, I'm good man after, well... Just watching Newcastle v Chelsea, I could do with a nap if I'm honest, because that was a horrendous match. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one dragged on for quite yeah. a bit. I was fortunate enough to watch the more exciting one, the Fulham Burnley one. Yeah, Sky made a good choice today on which one to show on British <laughs> TV. And um, and the Brighton fan joining us, you heard him on the preview show, is Addy Pakman from Albion Raw. How are you doing, Addy? Uh, I, I'm just loving the way you pronounce him, man. Name is Aidy Packham, it, but you know it's close. Yeah. It was really close. Oh, <laughs> but, a horrendous winner! Uh, and uh, I, I, I have packed many men, apparently. <laughs> no, I uh, um, yes, I'm good, thank you. In 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 wet and horrible Brighton, it's a bit <laughs> miserable here, and the sea, the waves are crashing into the shore, and the seagulls have thought uh, of taking shelter. It's absolutely <laughs> ming out here. Today. Oh yeah, it's not great up here either. Not great up here either. But I'll stick with you then. We'll we'll go into the start in eleven. You you, you kind of changed up a bit, considering your normal um, tactic of, of four four one one type thing. It, it kind of changed to a more four five one, didn't it? With um, Basuma coming in for Pascal Gross. So there's two things. I mean, Gross is obviously one of your main men. Were you surprised he was dropped out? Um, not particularly, no. I mean, we we saw um, like Ethan Simo is an exciting talent. We've we've um, we've got a lot of very very high hopes for him. And um, he, when he came on in the game away at Watford, uh, he completely changed the way that we that we approach the game. And he came on for Pascal Gross in that game, so it wasn't. A complete gear crunch to ha- have him starting that game, and and after um, that game with Watford, where we quite frankly just didn't turn up, um, it was what it, 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 a lot of people were calling for changes after that for the game against United. Um, but um, you know, it, it it was an an, an obvious thing. Crap, Pascal is brilliant for us at home. Um, he does bits and bobs away from home, but he's not scored. Uh, for us away from home, and uh, Eve is a little bit more dynamic. He's got more energy, and uh, he's got a well. He doesn't look like he's running through treacle when he's running. Let's put it that way. That's, that's been kind to Pascal a little bit. But it, you know, I, I said on the show the other day, every time he runs, you expect the Baywatch music to start up. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's he's, um, but but he's a talent. You know, Pascal. He he his his uh, goals the game. 
uh, and his assist ratio last season was absolutely brilliant. He was our player of the year. But we weren't uh, away from home. We weren't really surprised uh, to see uh, Eve given given the nod ahead of him because he's more dynamic and um, he plays between the lines a lot better than Pascal does. When we know that we're, and it was a game that we we knew we weren't going to see an awful lot of the ball. Yeah, fair shout, fair shout. We'll we'll come back to Basuma in a little bit, and we'll go a bit more in on depth on him because there was parts obviously he was a bit of a mixed day from. But we'll come back to him. And to do <laughs> to do, we're coming to you. We obviously didn't change starting eleven. Probably the expected move, but there were a couple signs of tiring players against Palace, wasn't? There? I mean, what what were your thoughts on the starting eleven for us? Yeah, I think um, maybe we're a bit too used to last season where Klopp was changing the team pretty much uh, week in, week out. But heading into this game, I think the back five, so to speak, if I can include Allison in that, I, I don't think we we were anticipating any changes there. And then obviously the front three, they picked themselves. So it was more that midfield three mm. and trying to see what, what we were going to be doing there. In terms of legs... Um, there were shots, you know, for maybe Molnar taking a bit of a break in this game. Um, although, you know, he, he has been playing well at the start of the season. And I think it was just a choice of whether a lot of the teams that I saw, or, you know, people's preferred 11, so to speak, it was either Henderson coming in for Milner or Henderson coming in for Wijnaldum. But it seemed like Cato was going to be keeping his spot, and then between the between Ronaldo and Milner, one of them was going to be shifted for for a Henderson coming in. But look, you you can't argue with keeping the same team that has you know won the last two games. If it's not broke, don't fix it type of attitude. And you know, commenting on the the Brighton starting lineup, I thought um, Hewton picked this lineup pretty well. Uh, in, in terms of, you know, whether growth starts or not, I think coming to Anfield, especially with the record Liverpool have at Anfield, you know, we went undefeated in the league last season. You, you don't want to take too many risks. And I can understand having, uh, Basuma coming in instead of a gross. I know we're going to get into Basuma a bit later on, but he is a bit more mobile than maybe gross would be in, in a game like this. And you do need the legs. And then you have, you know, uh, the willing wingers that they had starting this game that are willing to go up and down because, you know, our fullbacks press pretty high. So they are going to have to be asked to do a lot of defending. So you do need people, you know, a lot of people that are willing to put in a lot of graft. Then you have obviously the experienced Murray who, you know, he, he knows how to get about on the field. He knows how to try and hold the ball up, hopefully win a few fouls just to give the, the defense a bit of a break. So you can see what he was trying to do, try and stay in the game. And, you know, with 10 minutes to go, it kind of levels the playing field when, when, you know, when Liverpool are now starting to try and hold that lead. Um, and then you can sort of bring on the Pascal Grosses of the world who can then create chances. I thought, you know, if you look at from a scoreline perspective, they stayed in the game. So I think you have to say that his team sheet was pretty spot on. Obviously, he would have liked it to be nil-nil, but one-nil at Anfield heading into, you know, like the 80th minute, I think most managers would, would take that with the way Liverpool are going at the moment. Mm, I agree, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
con- considering the score lines and the Brighton game last last year, I don't want to bring up bad memories, but it, it looked like um, Chris Hewitt obviously learned something from last season. I mean, even at his time in Norwich, who I'm sure he's still got nightmares about Luis Suarez. Um, but he, he seems to be learning against us, which is a bad thing for us, but a good thing for you. Um, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll we'll do some overall thoughts on the first half then. Eddie, I'll, I'll come with I'll come to you on this thing. Did did the first half kind of go as expected, where Liverpool were kind of dominant, but we weren't really cutting you open at will? I mean, was that impressive from your point of view for for Brighton's uh, resolve and defence? Uh, to be honest, I mean, coming into this game, we we were very very well worried. I mean, you you put uh, nine past us last season. Um, we were without our, arguably our best defender in Lewis Dunk, um, so it was it was a game where we were we were going into it we were fearing the worst. Um, but yeah, Chris has he, he put out a team. Um, Liam Ballagher put in a shift. Shane Duffy was immense. Uh, the fullbacks put in a shift. Um, we were defending in numbers. Yeah, and yeah, I mean uh, we. <laughs> We thought it might be a, ga- a case of damage limitation. I mean, we, I mean, you were probably the best side we played against last season. So we, as supporters, we we were very much wary of that. But like you, like you said, there, Chris has learnt a lot, and in, in in the formation, it was in the end of the day. I mean, it was only a, a sloppy error from a young kid who that that, that separated the two teams at half time and at full time at the end of the day, but. You know, um, I, I think we went into the game. Uh, we tried to stifle you. We tried to starve you of, the, of uh, getting any passes going. Um, and and the way that you, your players interchange, it's very very difficult to mark. It's, it's very difficult to coach how to play against a team like that. And um, overall, in that first half, yeah, we're we're, we're pretty pleased. I mean, you hit the bar as well with that brilliant free kick from mm. Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, uh, Matty Ryan uh, made a stunning save. Uh, so you know, I mean, it was it was a case of okay, just trying to make sure you didn't get too far away and making sure and keeping ourselves in the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you've definitely improved from last season. But uh, today we're coming to you. Um, we we did have a couple of chances first half, but as I said in in the intro of the question, we weren't really well. We weren't doing what we did against West Ham. <laughs> um, is that because we didn't give the opportunity to do that, though? Yeah, you probably didn't play Mark Noble in midfield. That probably helped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jack Wilshere. I shouldn't leave him off. Um, but to do it, um, I, know, <laughs> I know we scored like 20-odd minutes into the game, but was there, was there any worries about those games where we slipped up last season? Did you have any creeping up fears in the game, or were you quite confident that we'd be quite patient in the game? Um, I think that's always going to be a concern being, you know, a Liverpool fan once bitten twice shy type of attitude where, and I suppose it's any team in the league, uh, a 1-0 lead in the Premier League is not the safest lead in, in any stretch of the imagination. You know, uh, we've seen some of maybe the great Italian teams where they're 1-0 up and you're pretty confident that they're going to see that game out. Um, over the years, Chelsea maybe have had elements of that in their game. Um, over, you know, years, maybe with, uh, Jose Mourinho and the team. Um, in terms of Liverpool, 
I think the worry has always been that we, we always have a lot of frustrating draws. And if you look at last season, there were quite a lot of games that we drew, which we would have either been expecting to win or we were in a position to be winning. And we sort of just let the, the, the game slip away from us. Um, in terms of this game, I thought, you know, talking on the first half, we were creating the chances. We, we did have enough, you know, half decent chances to, to try and maybe extend our lead. But you also have to take into consideration. I know we've spoken about, you know, the West Ham game at home. If we try and compare the two games, Brighton were a lot more disciplined in making sure that the space between their defense and midfield was very compact. So it was very hard for our players to run into those, you know, half spaces that they, they, they love to operate in. So you do have to give credit to them for that. And then also the fact that, you know, some of our players, maybe Mane didn't quite have, you know, the, the best game that he could have had, but you, you can't just put that down to, you know, money being off. You have to put it down to Brighton also being so well disciplined and well drilled that it, it does put players off. Um, Matt Ryan makes a great save early on. Um, it was magnificent, as, wasn't it? it? It was, it was crazy. I, I, I was already, you know, off, off the couch celebrating type of thing only to realize that it actually didn't go in. I had to watch the replay to kind of figure out what had happened there. But yeah, um, he does. He does. He does. He's very good at those sort of saves, to be honest. But um, there's other areas of his game where there they may be question marks. But I mean, shot stopping and, and uh, reflex saves like that. I just he, he is a, a master. Yeah, and and he seems to have settled in quite well. I know he's a player that Liverpool looked at a couple of years back, actually. Yeah, well, he's um, Valencia. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he's definitely got the quality and. I think even if we look at the the Mo Salah goal, I think one of his maybe flaws is that he might not be tall enough as a goalkeeper, um, and uh, uh, maybe a taller that's, goalkeeper that's would have gone into that. That's never been mentioned before. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, I mean, with with the goal, I mean, my concern was, yeah, he, he did get a strong hand to it, and um, and it still went in. So, um, but. I'm, I'm prepared to give credit to the finish on that because I mean, I'm, uh, Salah. Well, we all know what a great, a fantastic uh, player he's been for, for yourselves. So, but yeah, maybe I think he he personally will be feel disappointed because he did get a good hand to it and, and it still went in. But you know, again, credit credit to the to the uh, striker. Yeah, absolutely. I think Matty Ryan's probably one of the one of the better keepers. Probably out with well, can't even can't even count like Arsenal in this, but he's one of the better keepers in the league. Um and outside the top six, excluding Czech probably. Um but yeah, he's definitely an uh, a good keeper. Are, are you surely you're not suggesting that Czech's a busted flush? Just as just maybe a smidge. Just a wee bit. <laughs> I mean spending twenty five mil on a goalkeeper and not playing him isn't the greatest tactic. <laughs> um but anyway, yeah. Um yeah, Matty Ryan, definitely a good goalkeeper. But um in in terms of your your signings this uh, this summer and obviously uh Basuma is one we've mentioned a couple of times and we'll come on to Montoya and maybe Balogun in a bit, but Basuma's probably the most eye catching for a couple of reasons in that game. Um but, but before we go into the mistake for the goal, um, how, how do you think he did excluding that? Um, I, I think he was hungry for the ball. He was, um, 
he, he was looking to try try things. The guys, the guys, he's a kid. He, he's a youngster. He's he's not really played many minutes at first team level, even at Lille last season. Um, but he, he's very, very highly rated um, by people with a lot more knowledge than me. Um, but I mean, he it, uh, he's been compared in style to uh, the Paul Pogba that doesn't play for Man United and the one that was probably the player of the World Cup yeah. um, before he got Mourinho'd. Um, so, I mean, there, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of excitement about him. I like um, Shahanbash, um, but I mean, it's, he's one that we're trying to manage yeah. a little bit, well, and, and, with, uh, and with Eve as well. Because, I mean, there was, when, you, when you're paying big money, but we don't play in terms of this sort of in with the Premier League money side, we're we're an inexperienced side in that sort of thing. Um, you know, I mean, when we first signed Glenn Murray um, all those years ago, and you know, we signed him for three hundred grand, and that was a that was a lot of money for us. That was a that was I think that was our record signing at the time. Um, and you know, that's the sort of level where we're, where we're coming from at that. That you know, we, we were trying to after saving the club, we 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 spent a long time. Trying to get our way back up through the leagues to, to where we feel um, we deserve to be. Um, so when you're paying 17 million quid for people, 15, 16 million quid for people, then um, there is that expectation that they should settle in straight away. Uh, but you know, um, his English still isn't great. Um, he's coming to a new country where I he's sh- never going to be. I that free kick where Bong had to translate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and you know, I mean, he he, he scored one uh, in pre-season yeah. against Birmingham from there. So, um, but you know, they, you have to let these players acclimatise. They have they have to be managed. I mean, we did it with um, Jose Esquerdo last season as well, mm. where. You know, we, he was our record signing, and everyone, because we just paid 15 million quid for someone, everyone was expecting him to be in the side straight away. But, you know, he's coming from a different country, he's got a different culture. It, it, it takes time for these people to settle, and it takes some, some will uh, do it overnight, some might take a little bit longer. It's, it's, but it's down to the manager to manage that, and Chris uh, is experienced in doing that. Um, he, you know, yes, we know it was it was easy mistake for the goal. Um, but overall, I, I was quite—I I was pretty pleased with his performance. Yeah, I, I'd kind of agree if I was if it was in your shoes. But um, today, do you want to mention anything on on Basuba? I mean, Liverpool are obviously always looking for young talent. I mean, I can't on the West on the uh, Crystal Palace pod. I was kind of scouting Juan Bissaka, but were, were you impressed by Basuma? Yeah, I think I'm. It, it's going to take him maybe a while to stamp his authority. So. Mm-hmm to speak on on a Brighton team that is pretty well set in in how they want to play. Um, I think the exciting thing for Brighton fans probably is looking back at what he's done last season. You know, he was in and out of the team at Lille. Uh, they had quite a, uh, I suppose, horrible season for for their liking in that they they struggled. They were in the relegation zone for quite a while. But it was him that actually stepped up towards the end of the back of last season with his performances. If, if you look at the player himself, as we've mentioned, he's quite an athletic player. Um, probably box to box would, would be the, the definition we would look to give, uh, if, if we're looking to give the listeners an idea. Um, mm. 
the 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 comparison maybe closest to him is and I suppose it's similar it's it's similar because it's a player that Spurs were looking at is Musa Dembele in that uh when you know Dembele Dembele's been wanting to leave Spurs um I don't know if he's going to be able to get that move away but on the list of players that Spurs were looking at um Basuma was one of the players as well as Ndombele at Lyon and both of those players are players that are very good in transition they they're actually good at winning the ball high up in the field getting that drive in midfield looking for either the killer pass or you know a long range shot if you look at uh, Basuma's take-ons last season I think he it was only Ndombele in terms of central midfielders who had more successful take-ons so he is a player that's very comfortable on the ball and you can see maybe the ideas of in a game against Liverpool where maybe you're not going to have as much possession if you have a player yeah. like Basuma who as soon as you guys win the ball he's the first pass he's driving up the field you know looking maybe for the wingers that are that are coming in i think he could be a really really key player and an interesting player to watch um as the season goes on for Brighton yeah and this is something which we saw against uh, Watford in the opening game of the season was um as as soon as as Eve came on um uh, the, the whole, our whole game transformed. We weren't playing between the lines. The midfield was was leaving Glenn Murray isolated. And I mean, uh, to be fair, Watford were very, very good on that day, and they were hungry. I wanted a bit more than us, it seemed. But when Eve came on, that the energy levels that it brought out of the whole team, and, and just and, and he nearly scored goal of the season, mm. um, and within five minutes of coming on, and you know, he he he's certainly a talent, and he's one that we're we're very very excited about with this. Um, but it's just a case of, um, I know it's something you want to talk about later on, but what, can he get in the team is, is the, is the question. Um, Chris Eden is, is a very good manager, a very pragmatic manager. Um, he can be very safety first at times. Um, but we've got a talent there and, it, and it's one that we want to see in the team, but, as it stands at the moment, it seems to be he wants Chris wants sees him as a number ten at the moment, but I I can't see him getting past uh, Proper and Stevens in, in in one of those roles at the moment. So um, it's it's a waiting game for him, I think, and he's I think he's going to have to be patient. I mean, what he's on twenty twenty one, isn't he? So he yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he did play he did play right back a few times for Lille as well. So he's got the yeah he did there were, there were a few dodgy team selections that they had. Obviously when they were struggling as I mentioned last season they were trying to fit players in different positions. He had quite uh, a few games I, I at right back. Well, I, so. I I I mean we Mark McGee used to do that for us. It was like you know number nineteen Adam Virgo will be playing striker. <laughs> <laughs> It's a uh, game of bingo before the before the announcement. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it was you know it was a classic from back then. But, but yeah, I, I I think we've got enough cover at the moment at the yeah. moment. But I mean <laughs> I mean last season we were quite lucky with injuries, but um there there are certain element, elements of our team, especially after the last week, where we are a little bit concerned um, that there isn't any cover. Mm. Mm. Hopefully we'll get get through the Brighton squad quite well in this podcast, but we'll, we'll come to the first goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll come to the first goal. Obviously, we've been talking about Basuma. I mean, 
he obviously played yeah. a big part in in the mistake. I think. I think was it Balogun or was it Duffy who passed to it? I think it was Balogun, wasn't it? Um, uh, I have absolutely no idea. Is my honest answer. I'm going to um, say Balogun because <laughs> I think that's it. But if it's not, I apologize. But I think he passed to him, and it, I, I, I think it's a risky pass in that situation, especially against Liverpool. But Ad, do you think Basuma's learned that he can't really mess about on the ball, especially against a team like Liverpool who press so high now? I don't think I, I think that's a little bit unfair on mm. on Ivory because I mean I don't think he he was messing about on the ball. What happened was he miscontrolled it, and, and Milner was on him in a flash. Um, I mean that's what he's one thing he's got to learn is is like concentration. I think in, in that element, and you know I'm prepared. It was a mistake. It was a miscontrol. Um, but credit to Milner for being big alive to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and like you know, it, it's you, it, we went. I mean, from our point of view, it was a very bad goal to concede because I mean, we we had the ball uh, and it went from we lost possession to having picking the ball out of the back of our net. But you know, I mean, that when you're playing against uh, a, a side as talented as Liverpool, you know, you you can't make those sort of mistakes. That's you will get punished. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and to do with from our point of view with the goal, I mean, it, it, that's just a typical Liverpool goal, isn't it? With the with the winning the ball high and then the lethal finishing. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the things that will maybe count for Basuma in the sense that uh, there are a lot of people that are going to suffer that same goal against Liverpool. It's even one of the the pressing stats that we do at AI. Um, you know, goals leading from a press. So it is something that's pretty much ingrained in Liverpool's game of trying to win the ball as high up the pitch and in as few passes as possible, get the ball into the back of the net. In terms of how the goal came about itself, I I think considering the team you're playing, considering, you know, how you don't want to maybe give away what would be quote unquote a silly goal against a team that's got such a lethal front three. Um, I, I think you have to look at the, the center backs, whether it's Duffy or, or it's, um, Balligan. Balligan, who, you know, if you look at Balligan, he's about, he's 30 now, if I'm not mistaken. And Duffy's, I think, 26, 27 years old. Those guys are experienced enough where you can't really be putting your young midfielder who's making his full debut in such a tricky position, you know, so early on in the game. This was Balogun's first start for us. It was okay, okay, but but he um, is an, a, a Nigerian international, am I correct? In the sense that he, that's great, yeah. he there, there was there was a right back that was that was free that could have been played. I, I just think maybe it's just, just just that little bit of detail where it, it was unnecessary to pass that one to Basuma. He he wasn't the only player that that ball could have gone to, and playing no, it no, right. further away from goal, I think maybe would have just help the situation in terms of the summa, yeah as we mentioned it's it's harsh because it happens so quickly um it, it was a simple pass though wasn't it, it was yeah i suppose so. um he just, but, missed, he just missed he just took his eye off the ball and you know and and again credit to milner for being alive to it yeah i think so i think it it, it, it happens it's one of those things that it happens in a football game i don't think it's something that he should or Brighton fans should linger over for too long 
obviously oh, after, after the end of the game you look at the score we, we've, we've, we've already we've already forgotten about it i mean we're yeah. not, no one's no, no one's pointing any fingers at him um you know it was because i mean he did enough other stuff in the game that that, that was uh exciting for us um and and so you know i mean we know it, it, it's just one of those things that happen um it, it's it's football you know <laughs> it's, it's just it's it, the game can turn on you in the blink of an eye um, yeah. You know, we. And I mean, again, I, I mean, I, I mentioned this in the previous. Because <laughs> he was used <laughs> to our fan base. Our fan base holds a grudge like no other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Uh, but and, uh, and, and they're not alone. <laughs> they're not alone. But yeah, um, you know, but I mean, it, it's. You know, I mean, football supporters like they're we're we're, we're fantasists, we're romantics, and um, no one holds a grudge. More, but um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's you've just got to be a really realistic about it and just say, yeah, you know, it happened. Move on, yeah. next. Yeah. yeah. And then in terms of from a Liverpool perspective, I think it's just really good that all three of the front three were involved in the goal. You know, obviously Milner wins the press, money lays it off to Firmino. <laughs> he sees the run of Salah. I do think that the the defender did hesitate a little bit whether to go towards Firmino or stick with Salah, and I think that's what gave that little little bit of time for Salah to be able to take that, you know, on first time. And look, it's a great finish. Uh, it's good to see him continuing his goal scoring form, and yeah. long may that continue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people, I, I mean, I mean, pundits are saying that they don't think he's going to repeat that. Uh, the, the, the number of goals that he scored last year, but the, the signs are saying that um, that's not the case. It, it, I mean, he's looking, <clears throat> he's looking hungry. It looks like he's he, he's uh, going to be in the same run of form that he was last year. And for you, long may that continue. Bloody hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we've we've seen to have as long as it's not at the Amex. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if, if he picks up a slight knock just before that, we're not going to walk. We're you know. <laughs> uh, so we'll have Shakiri. He loves to do mad stuff. He he's also very he he loves to play wide, doesn't he? Yeah. Very wide. Yeah, very true. Very true. The different player. But we'll, we'll, before we finish up on the first half and, and go into the ad break, I just wanted to talk about fullback for both <laughs> teams. And Eddie, coming to you, you kind of got. I know Bong's been there since last season, but you kind of got a new a new set. Montoya's obviously starting in the. Is it Bernardo? Is it Leipzig you picked him up? Yeah, but Bernardo, yeah, he got going from RB. He's been through the whole RB family. He's yeah. been at um, Salzburg um, and he went to Leipzig as well. Yeah. Um, and he was uh, obviously, he's, he's our, our first Brazilian. Uh, he started the game uh, against Watford. Um, unfortunately, Bruno got injured and uh, he had to switch flanks. And. Um, he went from being Brazilian Bernie to Bernie Clifton in in, in one easy step, um, but no, I mean, he, he's he's again he's one that's got it's going to take time for him to settle, but he's a cut above what we've had before. Um, is he and, a left back? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. But I mean, but at the end of the day, this is what you, you every team wants competition for places, and mm-hmm. you know by signing better players, you're the, the the current incumbent has if they want to be if they want to play. They're going to have to up their game. It's the same in in every club at every level uh, across the world. Um, and by bring and with Bernardo coming in, 
Gaten's had to up his game, and he's been fantastic. In the he was one of my man, of, arguably the man of the match against uh, Man United last week, and he he you know he he's he doesn't do anything too spectacular, um, but he's someone he goes a little bit under the radar, but mm. he is he's one of those players like I mean it's different position, but a player like James Milner who who does all the hard work for everyone else, but it, it goes unnoticed. Um, and, you know, he's not going to necessarily win all the plaudits, but, you know, it's one of the ways, sometimes when you take one of those players where you, you take him out of the team, you notice him more. I mean, Dale Stevens is a classic example for us as well. Um, uh, in a classic water carrier kind of way, take him away, uh, you don't half miss him. Yeah, absolutely. We've got we've had a few of them in, in our time as in the modern yeah. Liverpool. But um, obviously Montoya, it's a second game for you, but it came yeah, from the Barca academy. Yeah. He seemed he seems yeah. to do quite well, didn't he? Uh, it's it's uh, again, uh, you know, he's a Champions League winner at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, you you expect um, a, a certain level of performance out of those sort of players. But you know, it, he's come he's come in, and you know, it, it's. Uh, the oldest player in Premier League at the moment is Bruno, uh, and he's a player that is really appreciated at the Albion. Um, he is such a technician uh, and such a wonderful player to watch. And you don't often say that about fullbacks, do you? So it's um, <clears throat> and Montoya has been brought in. He's obviously the heir apparent, and uh, uh, it's early days for him yet, so we can't really say too much about him. He's not as Possibly swashbuckling as, as Bruno is at the moment, but I, I, you don't go you don't go through the the uh, Barca academy without being able to play football, right? So yeah, um, yeah, it's one we're excited about, um, and uh, you know Bruno's got a job in his hands to get his place back. But again, you know that's what you want. You want you want competition for places. Absolutely, absolutely. And we've we've kind of got a, a similar situation at Liverpool with our fullbacks, haven't we? To do, we've obviously got. The first two that played um, uh, yesterday, and we've got we've got good backup, but I think these two are definitely first choice, aren't they? I mean, Saturday just showed how good Trent and Robert Robertson are, didn't it, to, to do? Yeah, I think they've they've stamped their authority in terms of who owns that jersey. Well, maybe to start the season, um, we did see a switch later on in the season last season, but. Um, I'm, I'm, I am surprised in how much football Alexander Arnold is playing so early on in the season. I did have a theory and trust Klopp to, to squash any theories anyone ever has when it comes to starting lineups because I swear that's his hobby. But I, I thought Klein was well positioned to maybe start the season and then we could ease Alexander Arnold back into the, the season. You know, Klein sort of started a preseason in, in March. And if you looked throughout preseason, he was miles ahead of everyone else in terms of match fitness. So I thought he was a sure in to start the season. I'm just glad I didn't trust that enough, you know, trust my own instincts enough to put him in my fantasy team. But that's for another <laughs> podcast. Um, but in terms of the ones that are there, Robertson, I think he has developed, you know, with bigger promise than any of us would have expected. I think um, coming in from Hull, Look, there, there, there are some football hipsters that will tell you that they knew he was the second coming <laughs> since the day he came in. But if we're being brutally honest, we knew the quality he had very good 
delivery, a willing, you know, runner up and down the channel, but to settle into a team like ours that is so heavily reliant on fullbacks to provide the width because Mane and Salah do like to cut in. So you do need your fullbacks to really push up the field. It's, it's, it's exciting to see because these are fullbacks that could, you know, be in your team for the next five to eight years where you don't really have to worry about that position. Trent, um, we, we saw the first few games. His crossing was a bit off. I think he's starting to get back into the flow of it. Um, very unfortunate with the free kick hitting the bar. Robertson no, had a wasn't. few deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robertson had a few good deliveries. Um, always the willing runner, always a good option. And then just a special shout out to that Alexander Arnold, you know, half, you know, um, crossfield ball with, with the outside volley. I mean, the technique on that was just, Ridiculous, Ridiculous for a nineteen-year-old. Yes. Yeah, okay. I was definitely bringing that. Up. <laughs> I was going to definitely. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a thing. It was a thing of wonder, wasn't it? It was great. But um, fortunately, nothing came out of it from our point of view. But you know, <clears throat> you've got you've got some very very talented players, and that, like I said it on the previous show as well that um, I really really respect what Klopp's doing there because he's not scared to give these English players an opportunity or these youngsters an opportunity. You know, it, it, it's, it's a classic thing where if if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, and I, I just wish that um, more managers, and I include Chris Heaton in this, would, would put more faith in, in, in people that are coming through because, you know, there's no point in having these academies if you're not going to give them the, the opportunity to, to, uh, to play. And... Um, He's not. Klopp's certainly not scared of, scared of doing that. And the, uh, these these guys, Alexander Arnold is a classic example of that. Uh, obviously, Robertson's Scottish, so that he doesn't. That's a different story entirely. But um, in terms of um, there's, who's the other English kid he, he's brought through? Gomez. Gomez, of course. Yeah. And, and again, a guy we we were trying to get on loan last season. So it, it, and. It, it, it's good to see that the manager trusts his his uh, his academy coaches and and trusts uh, and the players enough to give them that opportunity to wear that, that famous red shirt of yours. And you know it, it it's it, it stands good for the national team if more managers would actually do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that well, probably wasn't one of the things that excited us about Klopp, but we definitely appreciated that he did. He does give youngsters a chance, and he can develop them. Um, I mean, no one, no one's really done that since Ferguson, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wenger did it a little bit, but they they turned out to be yeah, that was, not very uh, good. Wenger, ten, Wenger, like uh, fifteen years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's all. I mean, players go to Liverpool, they get coached, they become better players. Mm-hmm. Players go to Manchester United, they get Mourinho'd, and they they end up going backwards. That's um, again, Matt Pearls go to Man City, they get they get coached. They become better players, and that's you know that. Uh, and Mourinho wonders why people don't want to go there. Absolutely, and I think I think on that note we'll go into the ad break because a bit of Man United slander can't go any. It has to has to be in the pod somewhere. <laughs> but uh, we'll go into the ad break and we'll be back in a minute. Hi, Anne. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gags. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? 
Yes, absolutely, and we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back, and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate, get this. It's absolutely free for seven days, and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmpleIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax... That is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? And you're back with Face Off. And in the second half, it was a bit more of a, a boring half from a Liverpool perspective and a bit more worrying from a Liverpool perspective. And I, I'm not sure what the minute was, but I think it was early-ish in the second half. We we get Brighton's probably biggest chance in the game so far, and it's the knockout chance where I think Liverpool just kind of just went to sleep for some reason. And, um, yeah. Do you think he should have done better with it? The, the, I, I, I can't make up my mind. Is the only is done. I mean, if it's one of those, and there was a pass on where he could have squared it for to. Um, I, I can't remember who it was. It was I think, I think it was um, proper who was uh, who was square to him, and who would have had an easier finish. Mm. But then at the other side of the coin, if it goes in the top corner, you're not around that, are you? So um, he's had those opportunities before. He's in that position, he's he's not necessarily the greatest finisher. Um, so, but I I'm I'm never going to have a go at a player for shooting uh, for trying to score your team goal. So, um, it, yes, could he have done better? Definitely. Um, but didn't go in. So, well, it, it, you know, I mean, we we were worried about this kid because against Watford, we didn't create one uh, shot on target. And uh, we were all celebrating our first shot on target in the first half as if it was a goal because it's like away from home, away from home last year. It was almost purgatory at times because we were so negative in, in, in the way that we played. So coming into this game, I think the first half we weren't necessarily uh, that offensive, but we were in the game and we did create a couple of opportunities, but not, nothing really clear cut. Uh, but as the game wore on, we became more of a threat, and I, I, I've got to give Chris Hughton the, the utmost credit for that because um, he can be negative in these sort of things. He, it's very much safety first when we go away from home, um, and I just wish that we would show a lot, a, a little bit more of the threat that we have. I mean, you know, we, we came into the game, we played two wingers. Um, not many teams are actually doing that in the Premier League at the moment. Played two wingers. So he, he, for a start, he did that. Um, Glenn Murray quite often gets isolated, so it, it, it's down to the midfield and the wingers to make sure that they get up front and, and support him. And that what that was certainly not happening at Watford, but it was happening here, and the players were getting up and supporting. So, um, and this was against a team which we've. Uh, if reading our forums and uh, and 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 the Twitter, uh, we were the, the expectation was we'd be lucky if we get out of here 
with only a five nil. So uh, um, to still be in the game, uh, especially as you said, with, with, ten, with ten minutes to go, um, it, we we were so encouraged by this, and we were encouraged by our performance because it wasn't as negative a performance as we were expecting, because that's what we've been getting away from home largely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you said that on the preview pod quite clearly. The, your away form last season was a bit bit of a worry, or a big worry, and um, promising signs in this game, I, I suppose. And we'll, we'll talk about your wingers a bit more in a in a sec. But to deal with, from, from our point of view, um, that um, knockout chance, I mean, do you think that was just us switching off in the game? Because we, we seem to be quite alert on most things, apart from the gross chance later on, but we'll get to that. But was there a bit of a worry when we switched off for that chance? Um, I think uh, it, it was quite early on in the second half, I think about the 48th or 49th minute, somewhere along there. So it's very early on in the second half, and it would have been a really great time for Brighton to score from their perspective, you know, just coming back from halftime um, and getting level. From a Liverpool perspective, I don't know if it's something that should be a concern, but it's maybe something to keep an eye on in the sense that it's the second game in a row where Navigator has, in Vodacom, has misplaced a pass that has led to a counter-attack in the last game against the Palace mm. that led to the Townsend shot hitting the crossbar. Uh, in this game, it leads to the knockout chance. Um, I suppose with a player like Navigator, and I suppose it's similar to with a player like Allison, but we'll get to Allison later on, these kind of mistakes, I think you do have to accept that they're going to happen every now and again because of the way they play. But, you know, you don't want to take these mistakes out of the, their game because then you're not going to necessarily get some of the killer passes that they do then do. So it, it, it's a toss of a coin of how, how you approach that or how you look at it. I think maybe Klopp might have a word with him in, in maybe him thinking of, when to do some of these passes or waiting until some of his other uh, teammates are used to his type of passes. Because I think in both cases, it was situations where he was expecting one of our players to be advancing forward, mm. you know, and, and he's sort of, if you look at Kader, he's like um, Iniesta in that his passes dictate what you're going to do. And if you listen to some of the Barcelona players, they mention that, um, maybe if you have your back to an opposition and Iniesta passes the ball a certain way or in a certain position, he's telling you which direction to turn or he's telling, you know, if he pings it at you, he's telling you that the guy's right on your back. So he, and we've seen Kate has done that with maybe Robertson's assists. I think it was the West Ham game where he plays the ball in a situation where he's telling you, dude, you have to cross here. You can't take a touch. And maybe he might need to dial that down a little bit in our own half, but then tr- trying to keep encouraging him to do that, maybe in higher up the field, might be the issue. It's like yeah. we're only we're only three games into the season, though, aren't we? So I mean, it's it's, mm. it's you know that these yes. sort of things with new with new players, you know, it, it's it takes. I said earlier that I mean it takes time for them to settle, but it takes time for for your current players to get used to to those sort of players and the way that they play and want to play. And uh, and you know and that it's a learning curve. I mean, that's what they do in training, obviously. But um, doing it in a match situation, as we know, is a very, very, very different situation. So it, it's uh, I think it's exciting. I mean, Kite is looking 
I mean, I mean that that pass that he played with, I think it was for Robertson's cross. It was oh my gosh, that was you you, you mentioned in yesterday who who was the master of this those 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 beautifully weighted balls, wasn't he? Um, I I I think you've got a player there and someone to be very very excited about. Oh God, we are. <laughs> the fact we have to wait a year for him as well, then bloody hell. Um, I'm sure there are people moaning that he's got the number eight shirt though. No, there wasn't. I think they like that he had the cajon, the, the cojones. That's probably the PG way of saying it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I don't know why I did that. I swear all the time on this podcast. The balls to do it. Uh, um, but yeah, he's definitely an exciting one. But today we're sticking with Cater and, and expand on the midfield as well. This was probably his toughest game so far. I know we're only three, three games into the season. But as you said, he, he was running the show against um, West Ham and he obviously had that eye-catching turn and pass towards more for that chance in the Palace game, but he, he, he was struggling in this game. And do you think that's just that how a, a championing of how well Brighton did? Oh yeah, definitely. I think as I mentioned, Cater and a lot of our front three, even Ginny and features more in these type of situations where they prefer to play in the half space. They love, you know, if you look at the way that our attack has been built, especially if you watch preseason quite carefully, our front, the, the player that ends up playing centrally, you know, because they're all moving in and about, but the player that ends up playing centrally, he tries to stretch the back, their back four as far towards their own goal as possible. And in the hope that their midfield isn't paying attention to that and it creates a gap between the midfield and, and the defense. And we saw that against West Ham. And in those little pockets of space, that's when the navigators of the world come alive. In, in, in situations like this where Brighton were very, very careful to keep a very tight, um, spacing between, between the two banks, I, I thought it's one of those games where, you know, you credit Brighton more than you worry about Cater. And I don't think it's, it, there isn't even, is a need for, for us to worry about him. I think also we have to take into consideration that in different games, we're going to be relying on different aspects of the team. There's some games where we're going to have to rely on the defense, some games where the midfield is going to have to pull us through. And then obviously uh, maybe more than most is going to be the front three drink, doing some magic, but I, I don't think it's too much of a concern. Maybe the argument could be that, you know, the legs might, might, might be feeling it. Coming back to the season, three games in a row for all of our, you know, midfield three, that might be something that that Klopp might be looking into. But in terms of how they played, um, if we look at Milner, Milner, you always know he's going to give a hundred percent. He got into quite a few gritty fifty-fifty challenges uh, throughout the game. In terms of Genie Wijnaldum, I thought Genie was fantastic. He he really shone, and for you know, one of the games in a in a long while where he was willing to get the ball, you know, demanding the ball off the center backs, looking to create things. I suppose that's always one of the criticisms is he doesn't get involved enough, but look, he, he, he did his part in terms of getting involved, trying to bridge that gap between midfield and attack. Um, in terms of the midfield, I'm okay with it. They, they, it wasn't their best game, but it definitely won't be, you know, their, their downfall. Considering team selections, they've done well so far. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what was your What was your opinion when you signed James Milder, and what's your opinion of him now? 
Has it changed? I'm guessing it's probably changed dramatically, has it? I, at the time, he was our highest paid player when he signed him, I think. So I was kind of down on him. And the first season, he didn't do too well. And then the second season, he played left back. And I, I, I just didn't like him there. He just seemed to, he seemed to kill more attacks than create. But since, since, He's been moved back into midfield so last season and um, this season. I've, I've really liked him. I think he's I think he's been used quite well. But um, today, what what, what are your developing thoughts on James Milner? When we signed him, I, I was happy to sign him more more so for off the field than on the field because if you looked at the Liverpool team at the time, you know we had some older players who everyone always says, oh, it's good to have older players because they bring experience and stuff sure. like that. But but yeah, but my, my argument was always what kind of experience are they bringing? Uh, in the sense that not many of them, if any of them, had actually won trophies. So I, I, yes, they've got experience of having played for Liverpool, but if you've got experience of playing for Liverpool, but you haven't won trophies in that time, I don't know if that's really an argument that you could, you could raise. So Mona was coming in, you know, from a Man City team where he had won some trophies. And also considering how long he had played in the Premier League, if you want to speak in terms of comfort in the league. But also he, he's a natural leader. He's someone I think that has helped Henderson quite a lot throughout this, uh, captaincy that Henderson has had in sharing some of that load of being the team leader. I think he's one of the guys that everyone looks up to in the dressing room. In terms of how he's developed, I think he was maybe underutilized under Rogers in the sense that he can be a, a coach on the field. If you look at Molnar, I think he's probably one of the players that I could say could do well if he entered into management or coaching or that type of thing, where if you listen to him after the games, he was one of the players that identified that Liverpool struggled to control games. You could hear him talking about how there were times where we did need to slow the game down times where we did need to increase the tempo so he has a very good uh, football IQ and if you've got a manager like, like Klopp that that thrives in playing with those type of players that know how to read a game he's sort of the voice of Klopp on the field and, and I think that's what's helped him to really you know push on and it seems like I don't know if he he's inherited Pirlo's you know, old age doesn't mean anything, but he, he does seem like he's having the best years of his career when it's actually arguably the tailor end of his career, which is good to see for us. I do think, you know, people, every year you worry though with all the players that is this the year where, you know, they, they fall over the cliff in terms of their legs just go. But it seems like, you know, he came into preseason. He was the fittest player at our preseason testing and he's just carried that. How old is he now? Cause, I mean, I mean, he's been. I mean, he made his debut with sixteen for Leeds, didn't he? So I mean, he's been. Is it, it just, I don't think he's actually that old. It just seems like he's been 32. around forever. So that's really young. Yeah, especially oh. considering he's fueled by Rydina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's he's, he's been good for us. I think. I think. I don't think there's many that can argue. You know. I suppose we all shuddered when last season when Klopp was saying, you know, Milner's, well, Milner's now playing midfield. He's like a new signing. And we had heard that so many times at Liverpool, that phrase that it, it kind of scared us a bit, but it, it does seem like he has been a new signing. He's reinvented himself. It's the position he's always wanted to play in central midfield. 
And I think Klopp sort of said to him, well, prove that that's where you're meant to be playing. And he's been a credit to himself for that. He's twenty I can tell you, so I can tell you a story about Rybina, actually, which, which kind of linked in, strangely. Um, I was, uh, on, on our show, um, I was interviewed, actually, I had him on this week, actually, but on the previous time we had, we had, I had Mark Lawrenson on the show. And, um, he, when he, when he first came down to Brighton to sign for us, he very nearly failed his medical because they thought he was diabetic. Um, because his blood sugar level was just a little off the scale, and it turned out that he was drink- he just was drinking neat Ribena, and it was he was drinking Ribena neat. He wasn't he wasn't diluting oh my it? God. And um, and 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 so basically his blood sugar level was off the off the scale, and he also um, used to drink a lot of he drinks a lot of Guinness and black, uh, and so basically so basically. He used to put a lot of black currant. He's just addicted to black currant, to black currant and ribena. So he used to like last shed loads of it into into his Guinness. And he's been a when he came down to sign for Brighton, he he he'd just been on a pre-season tour with Preston. And and but of course in those days everyone was like lowering it down. And uh, yeah, so he 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 very nearly didn't sign to us because he drank too much ribena. He <laughs> was he was just absolutely. It wasn't until. They actually asked him the question, is there, do you eat a lot of chocolate? He goes, no, I, I like Ribena. <laughs> Just he was drinking it neat. Neat. Oh, God. Crazy bastard. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just talking about... Uh, player, though, eh? Yeah, absolutely. A bit before my time, but I can look back now. Uh, and, <laughs> um, and ignore what the thing is on Match of the Day. Then BBC. Um, but yeah, anyway, I've just... I've just spotted. I've just spotted the time, so we're going to have to rush through some of the last points. Um, Brighton obviously finished quite strongly. Um, Erdy, and do, mm. do you think? Obviously, you brought on your handbash, Lacadia, and um, and Gross. Do you think there's a shout for them starting some of the away games to to try and improve your record because they did seem to add another dynamic to to uh, instead of March and Knockout. Um. Jahan Bash is, is going to be, uh, he'll be in the team come the end of the season. Um, it's just a case of, um, man- like managing. We've also got, um, Jose Esquerdo to come back into the team from his knock as well. So there's going to be plenty of competition for that in those places. We've got Florian Andoni to come in as well, who's a, a very highly rated striker, um, that we, we signed in the summer, which we'll see probably us playing it, uh, possibly going with two up top, which will basically mean Lacardia and, and Doni, which will probably mean a five-man midfield, which would suit having Basuma in there. You'd probably, but when you're doing that, uh, the full guy looks like it's going to be Pascal. But I mean, Gross, Gross will start games. He, he will start, he'll certainly start at home. He'll certainly start most of the games away from home. It depends on who we're playing. I mean, I guess a team like Liverpool, where you're not going to get a much much time on the ball and, and not being going to be creating a lot. Um, you know, you want someone that, that, that is going to be able to transition faster. Um, and, and by his own admission, he, he, he's not the quickest. Um, he, his brain is, which, which, which is why he's such a magnificent footballer, but he's, he's, uh, but his legs are just, uh, just, he's just not very fast, basically, at all. <laughs> so having some, uh, having Basuma in there, it was a logical thing to do. Um, is he, but, I mean, if you're going to play Basuma as it stands at the moment with the current formation, 
if he's going to get into one of those mid midfield places, he's going to have to displace Dale Stevens or Davy Prepper. Um, and I don't, I, I, I can't see, I can't see that happening. I mean, the only thing I possibly see happening is maybe um, Prepper playing where he plays for Holland, which is a further forward, um, and 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 more of a threat. I mean, that he's been asked to play a very, very disciplined role um, with us at the moment, and we're not seeing the player that plays. Um, didn't he for play Holland. In front for Holland for a bit, something like that. No, he, he, he was he was playing as a number ten, so yeah. um, he was able to get he was playing playing a little bit further forward and not having so much uh, defensive responsibility. So, um, but with, with with that tandem of him and Stevens, it's 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 kind of unbreakable. We've got Baron Kyle to come into that as well, who's another player who is just like I. I, when you, when I look at our squad now to where we were 10, 15 years ago, and and you know you're seeing all these players, it's it's just, it's just blows my mind. Well, maybe no, well, it, it's players who I rate very, very, very highly. But mm. I mean, uh, whether someone, I mean, I. I you know, I, I spent my whole life watching Brighton Hove Albion, so you know, and I, I've I've seen us in I've seen us in, in the top tier in 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 '83, and I saw us in in the in the fourth tier in 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 the '90s. So it's the players that I've I've watched over over that period of time. You know, you, you've got Phil Stamp and you've got Eric Cantona. I mean, it, it, it's it, you've got Steven Gerrard and you've got Richard Carpenter. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of the players that we, we we've seen and and played against, you guys would never even heard of. But you know, they, these these lower league journeymen. But you know, and but at the end of the day, it's football, isn't it? It's it's it's, it's a game that that we all go and watch on uh, religiously every week, and we've all got our heroes. Um, but some players some players are going to be better than others, aren't they? And uh, is Baron Kyle? Would he get into your team? Of course he would. Um, way, but way better than Kaiser. No, he's not. Um, but you know, it, it, it's exciting for us to have these options. Um, fortunately, I don't have to pick the team. It's a bit of a headache for me. But you know, the options that Jurgen's lot uh, uh, got there as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think we will see a different formation from us. So I think we will see uh, Lacardia and and Donny when he's fit uh, play together. Uh, it's just a case of who else plays to, to yeah. uh, what formation it happens because the recruitment we've made in the summer would suggest a change in formation. But I, I think to do that, they've got, they've got to get past the old man and Glenn Murray. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and sticking with you, AD, j- just to finish up on your point and then I'll let Tadiba talk about our new goalkeeper because I imagine he's been wanting to do that. Um, do you think Pascal <laughs> Gros should have done better with his header? Well, well, we'd like the chance to have fallen to Glenn, to be honest. Mm. Uh, um, but I don't think he did anything wrong. I just I'm going to give credit to the goalkeeper. Yeah, I think yeah. the ball came across. He headed it down. The goalkeeper got down to it. Um, it, it's I I would put it. I wouldn't say it's a bad miss. I'd say it's a great save. Yeah, fair dues, fair dues. And to do what? Just talk to me about Allison, the absolute crazy bearded bastard. <laughs> he is glorious, isn't he? Um, look, when we signed him, there was obviously a, a lot more hope 
going into the season in terms of having a secure number one goalkeeper that we all wanted and needed. Um, I think it's unfortunate what, what has happened with Carriers. I do think he was a goalkeeper that was, you know, he was showing potential and he was improving, but that's, you know, that, that's not the case in terms of a Liverpool career. He's headed off to Besiktas. I wish him all the best then. I wish he does well. But moving on to Allison, he is the keeper that Klopp has wanted. Um, I think when looking at that save, it, it's a very, very good save. It's the type of save that, you know, gives you points that may be... matches, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Um, because that's a game that turns into a draw maybe last season. You know, that's two points, two points, you know, gone away. Whereas now it's a save that saved you two points, so to speak. Um, and it's the, the important thing for me was the fact that most of our keepers that have come in are post Pepe Reina. The issue has always been they might not have much to do during the game, but then when they called upon to make that one big save or that, you know, make that one big decision, they, they fall short. There are a lot of stats going around with regards to how many times the first shot on our goal ends up being a goal. So I think that's, that's a big, big plus for us now that we have a keeper that's able to mentally, you know, play for a, a team that's going to keep possession for majority of the game. In terms of the save, as we mentioned, it's a great save, but also we have to talk about his distribution and his, you know, his feet, because that, that's also what comes when you buy an, an, an Alison Becker. Um, he helps us start so many attacks with just how comfortable he is with the ball at his feet. And as I mentioned on the, the transfer podcast when we did sign Alison was, was that you know, you have to take the good, the good with the bad. And I alluded to it earlier with Cater in the sense that, you know, the, the audacious chip that, that Alison did during the game. And if I'm being your real honest, it's must not, have been in your mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's something that obviously scares Liverpool fans considering the keepers that we have had. They're not very good with their feet. But if you look at Alisson, it, it's not necessarily like he was trying to be cheeky or anything. It was just instinctively that's how he, could deal with the situation. And some people will say, you know, I've seen some people on Twitter saying, I, I really don't like that part of his game or whatever, but it's part of who Allison is. If you take that, you know, instinctive nature out of his game, you also take a lot of, you know, the free flowing football that we brought him in for. So there are going to be moments where he is going to get caught out and he almost got caught out in this game, you know, where he, He's holding the ball a bit too long, people might say, at his feet. But we have to also, I think in those ones, we do have to let them slide, considering that he is going to help us score a lot more goals than he is going to, you know, make us concede with being caught by one of the strikers when he tries one of these craft turns. Look, goalkeepers win matches, though. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's, it, it's, it's, it's a very forgotten stat in football, but goalkeepers would say like that, 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 that's what won you the match. Um, at the end of the day, because if that that was late on, that would have been one-one. That would that would have and, now, and as it as it stands, okay, it's still only days, three day three games gone. Um, but you've now got an early lead on Man City, and that that could be crucial come the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think as today was said, I I like um, Carriers, um, but God, this. This Allison and Bloke, it's not just the distribution stuff. We, well, we finally met, seen him make a save as well, but 
I didn't realise he was this mental trying to clip the ball over people. It's, <laughs> it's the sort of like thing that Grubbelong would have done if he was a footballer, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've seen that comparison. Hopefully he's not that mental. <laughs> 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 uh, but I think that's a good place to finish. So I'll, I'll, I'll come to plugs and if you want to hand out your Twitter and anything you work on. Eddie, do you want to give out your Twitter and stuff? Yeah, we are the Albion Raw. We're um, a Brighton uh, radio show and podcast on Radio Reverb in Brighton. Uh, we're on every Saturday uh, from 12. Uh, podcast up everywhere else on Radio Reverb, 97.2 FM, online at radioreverb.com on DAB. And I said on the, on our podcast, um, we've got some theatre shows coming up very, very soon in the Brighton area. So um, we have a couple of uh, Albion legends. Um, who have yet to be confirmed, which we're hoping to do in the next week or so. But um, that's, that's going to be good. Um, so, yeah, look out for those. Good stuff, good stuff. And today, would you want to hand out your Twitter and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. Uh, Twitter is the Ace of Nave 7. And in terms of plugs, I think I'll just plug AI, the channel in general, and AI Pro. There are some tasty things that people should be looking out for. But in terms of me, I've been quite busy so i haven't really been podding as much as i would have liked to um but yeah hopefully work eases off a better now i was having a look at the website there do you guys ever go to bed have you actually got a life outside of football because there's like no. <laughs> i mean there's, there's so there's so much content there it's amazing so uh, yeah congratulations on that and then um, our twitter is at albion raw by the way in case you were wondering hello Good stuff. But uh, thanks for joining me, you two, and thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Faisal. Goodbye. Let's get ready to rumble! Podcast Network.